Tale to Tell, New Testament. Story 18, The Transfiguration. As they travelled northeast, out of Israel to the area of Caesarea Philippi, they couldn't help noticing all the temples and places of worship there were to different gods. It was said that at the bottom of one of the nearby mountains the so-called god Pan was born, a god of fertility, perhaps the most important fertility symbol in the whole region. It was as they walked through this landscape, a landscape of so much worship but so little knowledge of the true and living God, that Jesus turned to his disciples and asked, Tell me, who do people say I am? The disciples mulled it over for a moment or two. Some say you're John the Baptist, come back to life, said one. Another added, or maybe Elijah, or one of the other prophets, you know, Jeremiah, or someone like that. But what about you, Jesus asked them. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter didn't hesitate when he heard the question, because somehow he already knew the answer. And so in the land of so many gods and idols, Simon Peter spoke his true confession. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. God has really blessed you, Simon, son of John, Jesus said, because you didn't learn this from anyone else. It was my Father in heaven who revealed it to you, and now I tell you that with your true acknowledgement of who I am, you are Peter, which means rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and even though the powers of hell will rage against it, they will never conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, so that whatever you bind up on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you set free on earth will be set free in heaven. Jesus knew that even though his disciples had begun to understand who he was, as yet they had little real idea of what the Messiah would be like. They thought the Messiah would set them free from the power of the Romans, that their nation would become the most powerful on earth. They only thought of the Messiah as someone who would set them free from the problems of this world. But Jesus knew how little they understood, and how easily others would misunderstand if they found out that he was the Messiah, and so he sternly warned them not to tell anyone else that he was the Messiah. From that moment on, Jesus was determined that his disciples should understand what the Messiah's life was all about. So he began to tell them plainly that he would have to go to Jerusalem, and about all that would happen there, that he would have to suffer at the hands of the leaders, the high priests and teachers of the law, that he would be killed and on the third day he would be raised back to life. But this wasn't anything like the Messiah the disciples had in mind. Peter couldn't believe his ears. The Messiah suffer? Die? What was Jesus talking about? Surely this couldn't be right. Jesus must have got it all mixed up. So taking Jesus to one side, he started to correct him. Jesus, Jesus, heaven forbid that these things you're talking about should ever come true. As Peter spoke, Jesus realised where all the false ideas Peter had about the Messiah had come from, and who had whispered into Peter's head. So looking at Peter, and making sure that they could all hear him, he said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me because you don't see things from God's perspective, but only from a human point of view. And with Peter still reeling from his rebuke, Jesus started to teach the disciples what it really meant to be one of his followers, to show them how wrong their ideas were and just how much it was going to cost them. If anyone wants to be my follower, 
he began. They must put aside what they want and pick up their cross and follow me. Pick up a cross? Was Jesus saying that following him was the same as being a prisoner under sentence of death? For only a convicted criminal walking to his place of execution would carry his cross, knowing it would be the last journey of his life. But Jesus was still talking. If you try to keep living your life for yourself, then you will lose your life. But if you live your life for me, then you will find true life. Tell me, what good is it if you become the master of the whole world and have everything you could ever imagine and then lose your soul to the fires of hell? Is there anything worth more than your soul? For one day I, the Son of Man, will come in the glory of my Father with his angels and I will judge all people according to what they've done. And what's more, I assure you that some of you standing right here will not die before you have seen me, the Son of Man, coming in my kingdom. The disciples were to remember this later, when Jesus had risen from the dead. About six days or so later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers James and John with him as he went up a high mountain. When they reached the top, something amazing happened before their eyes. As they watched, Jesus' appearance started to change until his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. And as they watched in terror and awe, two other men appeared with Jesus. There was no doubting who these men were. One of them was Moses, the man who had led the people of Israel out of Egypt and who had received the law and passed it on to the people. The other man was Elijah, the great prophet who had been taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. And as they met with Jesus, Moses and Elijah started to speak with him about what was to take place soon. The disciples didn't know what to think, what to do. It would perhaps have been wiser if Peter hadn't said anything. But as he looked at the scene unfolding before him, he spluttered out, Lord, this is wonderful. If you want, I could make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He didn't really know what he was saying. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud came over them all, and a voice spoke from within the cloud, This is my beloved son, and I am fully pleased with him. Listen to him. As the voice spoke, the disciples were terrified, and just like Moses and Elijah had fallen down to worship God on Mount Sinai many years earlier, so the three of them fell face down on the ground. God had spoken his approval of all Jesus had said and done. In the most spectacular way, God had told these disciples that he was fully pleased with Jesus and that they should listen to him, even though he wasn't the kind of Messiah they'd been expecting, and even though he taught that following him would cost so much. Moments later, Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. As they got up and looked around, they saw that only Jesus remained with them, as if Moses and Elijah had been pointing to Jesus, so that only Jesus remained, because in him all the law and the prophets found their fulfilment. As they descended the mountain, Jesus commanded them yet again not to tell anyone what they'd seen until he'd been raised from the dead. This story is based on Mark chapter 8 verse 27 to chapter 9 verse 13.